in iHeartRadio Music Awards. Your first keyword of the day will be at 9 o'clock this morning. Plenty to get to. Uh, we Akron teachers are losing their minds, and rightfully so. And during that segment, I'm going to get called a hypocrite. I'll explain why I'm not. People are making, again, the argument that LeBron James going to be a Laker, and now there's something happening with the Lakers where people say, see, this is what's going to lead to it. We'll find out if that's true or not. Joined every morning by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone. Buddy, how are you? Not too bad, buddy. Not too bad. I uh, I, I feel like kind of had a boring day yesterday. Did get to watch that Cavaliers game um, against the Oklahoma City Thunder there. So was very impressed with that. That was definitely like I was going to stay up for it. And then I was like, nah, they're going to get beat. And then, you know, once they won, I was like, man, you got to go back and watch it. So, no, that was very impressive to watch as a Cavaliers fan. I feel good going into the All-Star break right now. Um, but other than that, man, yesterday was kind of an uneventful day for your boy. Like, I... I I know it was Valentine's Day, and everyone's like... What day like, do you think it is today? Thursday. Okay, because that Oklahoma City game was two days ago. Oh, was that two nights ago? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was like, wait, I thought I had it right. Oh, yeah, I finally watched it yesterday, and I... Oh, jeez. Well, I was just... I had it on tape delay, and I guess yesterday I just didn't, you know... And I, you know. See, you'll do that. That's a very big difference between you and I. Live sport, I... Dude, if I don't see it live, I'm not going to watch it, especially if I know what happened. Well, that's, I guess, that's why I thought it was not yesterday. I watched it yesterday. It was from Tuesday. Yeah. Okay, so there's what Yeah, but you're, what, what I'm is. saying is you're a different sports fan than most people because most people won't do that. I I'll think. only do it with Cavaliers games, and only Cavaliers games I see as consequential. Not necessarily like, well, did they win or not? It's like, well, did they do something there? How they that, match up here? Right. Did I, do, is that something that okay. I really have to go back and watch? And I felt like that was one of them. And uh, like I said, man, going into the All-Star break, um, you know, you don't know if it's enough, but I, uh, I definitely feel considerably better than I did about a week ago with those Cavaliers. Oh, they're definitely improved. They're definitely improved. And um, you could... Part of it bothers me, though, because I just feel like LeBron capable of, of dragging most teams uphill. And so, like, there's something about this where it's like, bro, did you let Isaiah Thomas bother you this much? That you were like that, that we that, that we were terrible. No, and I, I think I think people have to keep in perspective too as we as we get away from that trade and we get away from the Isaiah Thomas experiment. Like the like Cavs sucked before Isaiah Thomas even came back. He only played 15 games with them, That's so fair. it's like there was a lot of things going wrong. So like he was probably if not the biggest part of it, just like the the the, the most famous part of it. The part he got where, thrown out last well, night. Well, the, the part where it was like yeah yeah he got into a little bit of scuffle with uh I can't remember who it was, but he uh he got tossed. But Rajon Rondo. You, when you had that many different moves, when you have that many different moves happen within a trade, it's like, dude, you do you are into a brand new world right now. Like you are into, you know, this team doesn't even like really have play set up for itself yet. This team doesn't even really. I mean, Kevin Love doesn't it hasn't right. even played with them yet. So it, it, it just, you know, what felt like an inevitable loss with the Cavaliers as constructed, you know, a week ago, now suddenly feels like there's limitless potential. The uh the sports media is going overboard. And, like, dude, Doug Gottlieb has gone from two weeks ago, the Cavs are terrible, and they have no shot, to now yesterday he was saying, dude, i got to tell you, the Cavs might have a better, bunch, better bench than Golden State. And it's like, guys, Jesus, stick with what you're talking about here. Well, I mean, like, that's that's definitely, if not, I don't know if I'm going to say better, but that's definitely one of the places where they improved. And one of the things Golden State was always able to do, and the reason they won the finals last year, wasn't because starters versus starters, it was bench minutes there. And they're always able to kind of throw guys at waves in you, where it's like, 
you know, all of a sudden Sean Livingston's making a difference. And then Andre Iguodala comes and does something big. And even JaVale McGee and dudes like that who just, you know, who aren't usual NBA, like, you know, powerhouse guys, they all of a sudden found roles and found abilities to do things. So I think with the Cavaliers having more depth, if if nothing else, they can kind of counterpunch that from the Warriors. People are telling me it's going to make for a better series. I maintain I still think it's over pretty fast. I think it's probably over in five. Um, maybe you push game six at the end of the day. I, th- that may make you and I an average Cavs fan feel better. If you're LeBron James, it's really no better at the end of the day. You still lost in the NBA finals, which he, again, according to Chris Broussard, who's close with his camp says he has zero appetite for, and he is aggressively looking for a place where he, where that would not be the reality. And Chris was actually making the argument that it's better for him if he loses in the playoffs than loses in the finals. Where a lot of people are like, he's not going to go to the West, not going to be, you know, be beat by the Warriors before he gets to the NBA Finals. Broussard's making the argument, dude, that it's better for your brand if you lose in the playoffs than keep going to the NBA Finals because all time, what do we do with all timers? It's rings. That's what we do. And if you keep losing in the NBA Finals, then this argument that you're the greatest player ever really does have to kind of be put away. Like, because by the by the standard that people argue it in. Now, I don't agree with that, but that's the standard in which people argue it in. And if you don't, and if you don't win in the finals, then your net, then that that argument of you being the greatest has got to stop. Um, I, I mean, I guess if that's your criteria of greatness, you know what I mean. It wouldn't be mine. It wouldn't be solely mine. You got to weigh other things into it, but it is a portion of it. Sure, I mean, part of the equation, no doubt. But I mean, you know, I'm not. I, I hopefully, hopefully, guys aren't making decisions based on like, well, what do casual, you know, fans think? Oh, if you don't think LeBron James makes decisions on what the on what the effect of his legacy is going to be, I think he thinks what he thinks is legacy is not what you I and and like and like John Q public thinks his legacy is I disagree otherwise he doesn't come back here he came back here to clean up the legacy he came back here because people felt like oh dude you left Cleveland you abandoned it you did all this stuff he came back and he won a championship he's cleaning it up and so that is obviously indicative of him thinking at least about how this stuff is going to be written in the history books. There's going to be a little bit of it. He does have the luxury of caring more about what he thinks than most other players would have. I would totally agree with that. But I don't think you can make the statement that he doesn't care about how historians are going to view this because, dude, he wants to be the all-time greatest. I, I, mean, I mean, I guess if, if you're saying historians, like, are you saying guys with perspective? I just I just don't think that he thinks as much as fans as we like to think that he does. Is, is that it, We're not on his mind that. Much. This is what I love. He's the most calculated athlete the world has ever seen in every regard, overthinks everything, and yet when it comes to this, everybody wants to sell me this bag of goods as if he's not this as he's not thinking about it that way. That's crazy. I don't think he I don't think he cares about it as much. It's not that he doesn't like understand the thought process of like, well, these fans think this of me. I don't think that weighs in as much as we want it to. So you him. don't think he thinks that when it's all said and done that he doesn't care how how the talking heads perceive where he was in the history of this? I think he more cares what he thinks about that. I think he more cares about what his peers think about that than he does Skip Bayless and and Matt Fantone watching basketball games in Canton, Ohio. I disagree. I, I wholeheartedly disagree. I think there's something about being a competitor where you can't just set that aside, where it is, I mean, it's such a part of what it is you do that you have to care about it. And that 
dude, he's he's one of these guys that's always like posting like these cryptic things on Instagram about proving haters wrong and doing all this stuff. Well, who are those? Those are the people that are telling him he's not better than Jordan. It's obviously on his goddamn mind. He tweets about it. He Instagrams about it constantly. So I don't know how I'm supposed to sit there and go, well, he doesn't care about it when all he does, every action he makes, every post he puts up is all about the fact that he does care about it. I, dude, I've been saying since before the season, it's over. He's going to go, and I'm perfectly fine with it. Won me my title, and I have to stand by what I said before they won, which is, dude, if you give me one, I don't care what you do with the rest of your career, bro. It is your career. It's not our LeBron James career. It's LeBron James's career. Go do what you want to do. More Sands Ray Show right around the corner. Hang on. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106 Knock 106 Nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. At 9 o'clock this morning, we're going to send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. And I will also lay down a challenge for all musicians. Okay. There is something not happening in the musical space right now that should be. And it's not. I have a couple of opinions on why it's not. And I'm going to lay the gauntlet down and send the challenge out. We are being robbed of something in the musical space we should have right now that we don't. And instead of all the whining and the bitching and the crying on social media, this could help us fix part of it. And we're not doing it. Because we're too busy whining, bitching about how unfair everything is. Versus doing it the way we used to. So at 9 o'clock, I'm laying the gauntlet down. So if you're in a band, if you're a musician, you're, you might take serious issue with what I'm going to say at 9 o'clock. I read a story that has me grossed out out of Pennsylvania where a woman is being charged with child abuse. As Ashley Marie Case, 23, was charged with aggravated and simple assault and endangering the welfare of her child, reckless endangerment. And here's what happened. This woman was changing her son's diaper, I believe. Yeah, her son's diaper. 20 months old, right? So just under two years old. Right? This happened late January. She admitted, while changing his diaper, to intentionally cutting his genitalia with scissors. Now, they don't get real graphic here. Good. So I don't know um, which piece of the genitalia they want to uh, that she decided to snip. My guess here is is this was an attempt at a home circumcision. I would think. I don't know. They don't say that. They so it's it's not like they asked her that question and then we have her response here. They're not telling me that. But I can't imagine there would be, I mean, there's no good reason to do this. No. But I can't imagine there would have been another reason. You can't just think that maybe, like, this woman just did this just to be a terrible person. Like, I hate my baby, and I wish I didn't have this baby, and, like, you know what I mean? Or I wish that I had a girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I, I, I don't know if necessarily that's the only thing I'm going to, but it's certainly a possibility. I, uh, I, I think, well, yeah, I mean, you'd have to be a twisted person to do this. But I would have to imagine that that was definitely part of it, right? I, like I said, maybe I wanted a girl. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe. Well, I mean, why? Just wait. 
I mean, what, what, what are you going to cut the baby's genitalia for? Wait, you might have a girl. Wait till the kid grows up, be, is eight years old, and then they'll tell you what they are. So, I mean, why, why would you cut genitalia? You, dude, you, first of all, I mean, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's the social construct argument I'm constantly being told, right? Is that your genitalia doesn't decide what you are. That, 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 that those are not the markings of what make you male or female. So you would think a 24-year-old, or 23-year-old rather, sorry, w- would be thinking that way, but maybe not. Maybe not. I, uh, I, I mean, until, until this woman gives her reason, I guess it's, you know, it's us just speculating on what it could be, but I, I, they're terrible, you know. How do you hurt a kid like that? How do you do that? Now, I mean, I don't remember my circumcision, you know what I mean? But, I mean, there are at least health issues with that and and why you do it and they also i mean they have a medical professional do it yeah i mean you're trained in doing that it's not like it's a, that's a that's a home remedy thing that's not like it's you know your mom can just do that no oh my god no dude i, I barely trust my mom to give me aspirin let alone let alone what i you know what i mean am i gonna let her you know let her loose with the cutlery on my penis this is terrible see i dude i've oh i've said this forever like, there should be, I know it sounds un-American, but there should be a test for people about whether or not you're ready to be a parent. I'm sorry, dude. We're seeing enough of this now. We have people in this country that are giving their children, three-year-olds, hormone blockers so they can decide later in life what sex they would like to be. That is child abuse. It's child abuse. This is a mental health problem. And, dude, we're just letting anybody and their mother willy-nilly get pregnant and raise these kids or, in worst-case scenarios, not raise them. Why do we not have a system? I, I just I know it sounds un-American. I know it's your American right. I know. I know. But we are an evolutionary species. And sooner or later, dude, you have to start to look at things and go, this is crazy. We are, we are losing ourselves. We have women, oh my God, hormone blockers in kids now and cutting off penises at home with scissors. And you're still, people are still going to argue with me over the fact that not every person should just be allowed just to have, to bring life onto the planet whenever the hell they see fit. Like at some point, you do, we're going to have to rethink this entire system. More Stansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansbury Show, Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. Have Ozzy tickets for you, 7.30. Also, 9 o'clock, we'll send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. And again, at 9 o'clock, I'm also going to lay a gauntlet down for the music industry. We're missing something in a very troubling time. And we're missing an outlet that we had in the 90s that we don't have now. And I find it perplexing. Interested to see what that is. Nine o'clock. I can't believe this hasn't happened. But I have my reason on on why. Good portion of the people are going to get sat down at nine o'clock. But now I have to take issue with another musician and one of my one of my childhood idols growing up. But Tommy Lee has lost his goddamn mind. Tommy Lee, the drummer of Motley Crue. Arguably one of the most sexist, misogynistic bands ever. Because that was just the era. Like, I get why that musical thing doesn't come back around again. You can't put girls in cages and, like, do that kind of stuff. You can't do that now. I get that. But 
Motley Crue was not your moral center. That's not what they were for. As a matter of fact, once upon a time, Nikki Six had said about Motley Crue, the worst thing that could happen to my band is one of us getting caught drinking a glass of milk in a photo. Meaning, dude, if we're a bunch of drunks and we flip cars and Vince kills people, it sells records. But if, if, if people think that we're clean and we're good boys, we're not going to sell any records. Yeah, I mean, having the image of, of rock stars was, I mean, essential to that band. And not only their image, I mean, it is who they were. I mean, dude, these dudes were pigs. As a matter of fact, in the book, The Dirt, they talked about playing a backyard party. I believe it was Pasadena. They all slept with women at the party, all had girlfriends, went to a, like a 7-Eleven type store, heated up frozen burritos, and stuck their penises in them to cover up the scent of other women. Yeah. That's why when Nikki's all Antifa now, he makes me sick to my stomach. Because it's like, bro, come on. And now Tommy Lee's following suit. He's following suit. Where Tommy Lee took to Twitter the other night. And was bitching about a local weather woman about what she was wearing on TV. I'll paraphrase. By saying things like, you're just there to read the weather. Not show off your body. You're not a model. Just report the news. And then he hashtagged slutfest. Which, of course, this woman took issue with. Yeah, what was this woman wearing? I mean, like... I mean, do you know, like, some of these attractive weather women, they do, and I'm sure it's the news director and not them, who are like, let's keep eyeballs on these screens. Right. Sex sells. I mean, that's that's okay, and like, but still, I can guarantee you she was wearing something appropriate. I mean, shoulders, sure. I mean, like, a tight skirt, sure. But it's not like this woman was wearing something, like, sexually inappropriate. I can guarantee you that. No, she, I mean, there was a little cleavage, but nothing crazy. Okay. I mean, nothing crazy. All right. Man, hot chicks, man. Boy, cover it. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, that's what they do. All right. So she comes after him. And she should. Because it's, dude. Those who live in glass houses. Right, Tommy? Difference between rock band and news. Yeah, of course. There's going to be a difference in the presentation in those two things. And there should always be that difference. My issue is, is that, dude... You made your bones off of misogyny, right? I mean, that's essentially... I mean, dude, there's no arguing it. I own all the records. You can't argue it. You had a sex tape with your baby mama, and you're going to be the moral authority of a dress? It's not like this woman went down on the anchor on TV. She was wearing a dress. That That's my thing. Is like, yeah. wait, why did a dress... So a dress sent... Set Tommy Lee off? Like, I thought he got hacked. But he doubled down. He says, in addition, I hashtag slutfest, but never called you a slut. Okay, well, let's split hairs, Tommy well, Lee. Well, right, right, right. Well, then what did you include it for? And like, oh, says, I just happened to put that there. Goes on to say, so stop trying to participate in a Time's Up movement that has nothing to do with you. I get called blank all day. Do you think I care? Nope. Time's up on your five seconds of attention from this. Tommy, you're the one that gave her the attention. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't ask. She wasn't. She didn't pick a fight with you. Are you on drugs? Is, is he on drugs again? Is that what's happening here? And now he's complaining. You know what's sad? People thinking you live in a free country, but when you express your opinion, you get silenced by the PC police, which is true. That is true. 
But it does not mean that that is what happens in every single situation that happens online. You opened your mouth, said something crazy, ultimately, because what she was wearing was not all that out of line. Well, I mean, and like, isn't he the one that's being PC here? Like, who's who's the? How are the PC police coming for you when you're complaining about somebody else's uh, being attire. offended by somebody else's clothing? Like, you, aren't you the PC police at that point? Correct me if I'm wrong. Like, a, a little. I mean, you you plus you, dude, Tommy, you spent your entire career playing without your pants on. You take your you routinely have taken your penis out during shows. You dedicated a chapter to your book, the first chapter of your book, to your penis. Why are you trying to play the moral authority? See, this is the problem, Tommy. Why do you how do you think the PC culture starts? It's because people like you tweet things like this. You say things like this. Oh my god, should she be on TV wearing that? I don't know, Tommy. Should you have put out four records with a pentagram on them? Should you? Should you have should you have re-recorded smoking in the boys room which led to people smoking cigarettes? Quit worrying about what other people should do, dude, especially if your entire career was built on anarchy and damn the man. You cheated on every wife you've had, every girlfriend you've had. You've talked about it in the books. You were delinquent on some of your child support payments. You talked about it in the book. And now you're going to harass a newswoman, a weather woman, over what she's wearing on TV? What is happening to the rock stars in my life? Dude, if you're going to get old and crotchety, then just go away. Then don't take part. But she wasn't naked up there, and I think it's really strange for a guy who made his entire career by playing damn near in the nude to tell a woman that her dress is inappropriate to tell you that it's going to be 75 degrees out. You want to argue with anything, why are there weather women in L.A.? It's going to be 75 degrees. There you go. That could be an argument. But what she wears? God. Dude, when Motley Dude, now that Nikki Six and Tommy Lee are two of the softest dudes in the world right now. When Motley Crew goes limp D, the war's been fought and it's over. We've had another one, 18 now, since the beginning of the year. You know what I'm talking about. We'll get into it next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. We'll pass out some Aussie tickets at 730. Um... So yesterday, we had another school shooting, this time Florida, Parkland, 17 fatalities. Um, there, were, uh, there was miscommunication early in the day about the number. I saw multiple numbers reported. It seems like 17 is where, uh, is, is where they're resting now. Yeah, any time that something like this happens, there's going to be some misinformation that gets out because it's such a chaotic situation. And everybody's trying to be first. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's bound to happen. I think 17 is kind of the consensus number. That's what, I, uh, that's what I'm reading this morning. We do have a piece of audio, a little recap of what happened. We're going to run that for you. That's right, Jeff. And a law enforcement source tells CBS News the gunman appears to have pulled the school's fire alarm to create chaos and then began firing. Those who could ran, hiding in classrooms, even closets, while the shooting continued. Jesus. Just as the school day was ending, the shooting started. 
This cell phone video captured the gunfire and the screams of the high school students trapped inside their classrooms. I'm coming out to the east side with the casualty and ambulance standing by critical casualty. The sight of what's become an all-too-familiar panic of students fleeing hands raised in single file, only matched by the images of armed tactical police racing into the building looking for the gunman. From the air, emergency crews could be seen tending to the wounded, dressing their wounds. We're coming out with one injured person. He's shot. Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel. We've had uh, approximately 14 people transported to area hospitals with varying degrees of injuries. The description of the subject is going to be a white male laughing, wearing a burgundy shirt. The sheriff says the alleged gunman was captured off campus. He was seen surrounded by police being placed into custody. There's the guy being put in the back of the car. He was taken into custody, I believe, about an hour after he left Stoneman Douglas, after he commit, committed this horrific, homicidal, detestable act. I don't know how we're alive. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School Yikes. freshman Bruna Alivera says the gunman was just outside their door. For like 30 minutes, we were just like praying and crying and and then the police came and we just got out. <laughs> when the lockdown was over, distraught parents raced to the scene. Even more emotional teenagers relieved to be outside. School superintendent Robert Runcie. It's a horrific um, situation. Um, it's, just, it's just a horrible day for us. Late tonight, the school district announced it would be canceling all classes and school activities for the rest of the week. I would imagine so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, that's that's obviously <laughs> the right call there. Um, there's also um, the story was breaking that a, I believe, an assistant football coach, and I, if I have his name right here, it's Aaron Feiss, was shielding students with his body and was shot and then lost his life as he was trying to protect students. The heroness that's in that, the, the hero aspect that's in that, is just remarkable to me. I don't know, because I've never been in that situation, and Lord willing, I won't be, the, of how I react in that, in that situation. I hope that that's who I am, but if I had to guess, I don't put it in the 80% chance. I mean, that dude, that inside of you is impressive. You know, obviously, there's so many things that happen in this story that there, you know, is terrible. But there is those moments of 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 you, you look and you're amazed and you're like, you know, the fact that that guy was able to do that. Um, but just what an emotional toll on a family to know that your your father, your your son, your brother died protecting kids. Like, I mean, you just can't. You until you're in that situation, you just don't know who, who or what you are. So, what's going to happen now? Is what always happens. Should be pointed out, we've had 18 of these since the first of the year. Now, there are going to be people who point this out to you, that when you look into it, it's been three mass school shootings. The others have been, the other 15 are guns being fired, and yet no fatalities, no injuries. I still maintain a gun going off in a school is bad, and whether somebody gets hurt or not. And what this country is going to do, and this is what I've been saying for the last couple of weeks now, is we don't fix things, we argue about how to fix it. Right? We'll never fix anything because there's no money in that. We'll argue on how to fix it. Okay? And so this is what's going to happen today. It already started yesterday. Gun control. No, it's a mental health problem. Let me be the first one to say this to you. It is a combination of 
gun problem and mental health problem. I don't think you can deny that. As a person who's pro-gun, I want you to be able to own a weapon, have it in your house for home protection, and yes, of course, if you would like to go hunting, own a hunting rifle. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I agree. Yeah. But I don't think you can make the argument anymore that America doesn't necessarily have a a gun problem. Now, I'm hesitant. Notice the hesitation in my voice to say that. And it's because when I say that, I don't think I mean the same thing as people who are out there anti-gun and what they mean as a gun problem. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, if we, if we just pay attention to the people who are screaming the loudest and the most, you know, uh, obscure things, well, then, yeah. But, like, I think there's a lot of people right now who are kind of raising their hands in the same way that you are of, like, yeah, man, I, I'm, I feel like I'm one of them. I don't, I don't want to take your gun away. I don't not want to take all. all guns away. Not at I'm all. Not in, I'm, not in, I'm not in support of that, in, even in the in the remotest uh, like idea there. But like, there is something that's missing here. And like, to just put your head in the sand and say, nope, it's guns have nothing to do with it, that's just as ignorant as putting your head in the sand and saying, well, no, mental health has nothing to do with it. it. It's, it's like, obviously a combination. I'm being told this, that there, that here's the thing. This, this was sent to me by a listener. That the availability of guns has not changed in 10 plus years, but mass shootings have increased in the same time. It's not gun control that we need. It's the fact that we have raised a generation that is mentally weak and unstable. Our society is so backwards today, we have idiots eating laundry detergent, so lawmakers propose we change the package so they don't look so appealing. We are screwed at this pace. Now, again, this is what I always call barroom logic, okay? And notice I will add the word logic because there is some easy logic in there, okay? But I do think, all right. Availability of guns from a store? Maybe not. And do we have a gun control issue over, over what you can buy? I don't know. And I would uh, ultimately, I'd say, uh, I don't think so. Because I think I could buy something, and just because I buy it doesn't mean that that gun's gonna, going to hurt somebody. But we do have a gun being available to children in their home issue. Right. We do have an available. We have a gun. We have a gun issue with kids being able to get them in their homes, obviously, or from a family member or bought in the parking lot of the school. We obviously do have issues with that. You can't deny it. We've had 18 of these and it's the 15th of February. There's an issue. You know, you can you can read what that guy just sent you. And I think I saw that meme yesterday, too. Um, and you can read the one where it says, like, well, when Norway, when, you know, a school shooting happened, we 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 all we banned all guns and everything was fine. And we haven't had mass shooting sense and neither one of those are the right answer in america no they're not so that's the whole thing it's like yeah you can send this in and just be like well no it's got nothing to do with it but obviously it does but we do need to rethink mental health in this country 100 percent. and i mean like here's the thing so many people want to say that but just like we complain about well what's the answer what's the answer what's the answer it's like well then what's the solution here of mental health like what do we what specific steps do we need to to address here like what needs to happen it's this is I mean, it's obviously a combination of both. And I, and see, but that, this is my thing though, is the left is going to scream this and the right's going to scream this. And there's no, and th- because neither one of those groups will admit that nothing gets fixed until you meet in the middle. I guess like a part of the problem is, or not part of the problem, or, or maybe this is what we all just need to focus on is, all right, well, we can't decide, well, is it guns or is it mental health? Well, we can decide that like every school should be better prepared for situations like this. And by that, I mean like every school in the United States of America. I don't care. I don't care what, whether you're living in Jackson or you're living in Canton City School Districts or, or wherever the hell you are. Like 
every school needs to not only have like a practice, you know, of this, but like you guys need to have like the best technology to help you in a situation like this. Every door should be gunproof, right? Every, uh, we, I think everyone can agree to that. Well, they make these things now that you can slide underneath the door and you you pull them apart, and it makes the door unable to be open from the outside. So that needs to be in every classroom. There needs to be situations, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but school like, levies, bro. But, well, well, right, but I mean, isn't this the one thing we can agree on? Fine, we can't agree on should we ban guns. Fine, we can't agree on should we fund mental health. But we can agree on let's give kids an opportunity to survive when somebody's friggin' shooting at them. Never gonna happen. Never gonna happen. And it's because people don't want their property taxes and their tax and their city taxes to go up. They don't want their taxes to go up. It sounds ridiculous that I'm genuinely thinking, like, well, what if desks were bulletproof? Like, what if we had bulletproof desks and we could hide behind our desk and then we wouldn't have to worry as much about the kids? But, like, even something that feels like it's common sense. Okay, we can't decide how to be proactive about it, but when we're reactive, we can agree, right? That we want these kids to survive and it's going to nope, nope, nope. It's, so uh, there's a part of me yesterday that I didn't I didn't want to come in here and talk about this because it's like nothing we, we can scream we can yell we can get mad at each other but nothing's gonna happen nothing nothing's gonna nothing, change nothing is going to happen if Vegas didn't do it this isn't gonna do it I mean dude there are also people in this country who were I mean dude there are Sandy Hook deniers like there's there's obviously an issue here and I'm pro gun I want you to have a gun I'm pro CCW I'm pro all that. Okay, but where you can maybe get me and I don't know, and maybe I'd have to be a little bit more educated and I'd have to have maybe sit down with people on both sides and really figure this out. But I mean, dude, bump stocks. I mean, the more I've read about those since Vegas, I mean, it does seem like. Why do you need it? Well, nothing's happened with those since Vegas. I mean, you. If no, you, I think one state has kind of outlawed outside of that, and, and it wasn't even Nevada. So, like, I mean, no, nothing's going to happen here. Let me like, read you this tweet, and I'm going to give you this guy's name because he tweeted it, and his real name is associated with his Twitter account. So, I don't care if I give you his name or not. Bill Smith says, When I was growing up, we called each other racial and ethnic names, got into fistfights, let out all the steam. Today, none of this is allowed. Not PC. Today, we raise little pressure cookers. Pressure builds up. One day, kids find a gun. You know the rest of the story. So you mean to tell me because I won't let kids call each other the N-word? Or, you know what I mean, use racial slurs that that's why we have school shootings? Dude, there's been school shootings in this country since the beginning of this country. Since the beginning of guns. We did this the last time we had a school shooting, which wasn't even all that long ago, where we looked it up. There's been a school shooting in this country pretty much every decade. Now, they've increased. There's no question about that. But the amount of human beings has increased. I understand, you know, this guy's thought of like, well, I want to, I want to use No, he this. just wants to call people of color a name. Well, I, I want to use this to prove my point is essentially what's happening here. And I think every time something like this happens, both sides automatically go to, look at me, I'm right with this, dude. Stop trying to be right and start trying to do what's right here. Like, if this is the goal, I don't care. I don't care what this takes. I don't care if this is like, well, you're going to have to give some ground and say that guns are fine. Fine. Guns are perfect, dude. Guns give me an erection. Like, what do you, I, I just want kids to stop dying in school, dude. I, I, I don't care what I have to give up here. Not might is right. Might for right. Uh, I'm hearing here that they're complaining about praying before a game at West Branch, but I'll bet you there are all kinds of praying going on after school shooting and nobody says a word about that or have a problem with it. Um, I, I'm, I, and, and no, honestly, dude, when you're talking fatalities versus flipping the quarter for, to start the football game, it's going to be different. And people are maybe going to take a break on, 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 you know, talking about prayer as there's 17 dead bodies. So yeah, dude, like, I, I get your point. I do. I do get it. But this is the wrong time to have that point. This is the wrong time to have that argument. 
Jeremy says, I have five kids, all under 15. Youngest is nine. I have guns, and they are part of a youth rifle club. Teach them, don't hide it. I would agree that teaching children gun responsibility, if you are a gun person, is definitely part of this. But you cannot make the argument to me any longer that the availability to guns in the home has led to this. I understand that Jeremy and some of our other listeners are probably responsible people and are handling this stuff right. But guys, all you got to do is is go to one big box store in the middle of the afternoon and you can see a slew, a nation full of people who are unprepared to raise their kids, right? I mean, come on. I it, it, you can't make you the rule. That's the problem. Is that not everybody's going to be up to your standard, Jeremy, and I wish more people were. But it's not the reality. Most people are laying down on the goddamn job raising their kids in many, many factions. I said it earlier this morning. There, dude, I'm constantly told this, that raising kids is the hardest job in the world. I'm constantly told that. If that's true, there is absolutely no way, no way that this many people are qualified to do it. If it's that hard. Brain surgery is pretty hard. How many people are qualified to do that? Not all that many. So if raising kids is harder, there's no way all of you are qualified to do this. And we're seeing it. Our chickens are coming home to roost. As a pro-gun person, this is a mixture of two problems. But instead, because we have two political parties and we have two political opinions, we only get two options. It's this or that, when in reality, it all lies in the middle and it's a mixture of both. There is no denying that anymore. That's coming from a pro-gun person who does not want... It's like, okay, I'll give you this. All right, you can be pro-gun control and not anti-gun. You want? I'll, I'll, I'll prove it to you. I'm pro-choice, but I don't want you having an abortion in the ninth month. You see what I'm saying? So we all agree that there should be restrictions on things that we even want legal, right? There's restrictions that you stop people from doing things at certain times that maybe that, yes, you should be able to own weapons and have them in your home. Maybe not every weapon that's available to you on the market. Maybe not. Maybe it's time now to rethink some of this thinking. Maybe it is. I don't know. But it's starting to feel like it to me. We got into the issue of box food yesterday, and a listener wrote me a really long email. It's pretty nuanced, and he's bringing up some interesting points and a couple of different solutions, and we're going to wade through that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We're about to pass out these Aussie tickets, 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need on those. Those are uh, beat-the-box office tickets. They don't go on sale until this weekend. That shows September at Blossom. Uh, we were going to talk about this boxed food idea that the president and uh, his administration have. Um, we're going to push that off till eight thirty. I have to. Uh, I have to pivot here. Um, I'm under a, uh, a time restraint, and I just want that conversation to have what it needs. Before the break, we were talking about the Parkland, Florida issue um, yesterday. Tragedy, right? Um, and I had a. Uh, I had a gun instructor tweet me. His name's Brian. He says, dude, as a gun owner, CCW instructor, it doesn't matter how much you train your children. Guns should stay out of the hands of unauthorized people who have no business touching it. Um, he would obviously know better than I would as he's an instructor on, on, on firearms. I don't know. Um, but I, I agree that if, if, if you're a hunting person and you want to teach your, you know, your son or daughter how to do that early on and handle a rifle responsibly, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And... But I don't think you can make the argument anymore that 
that there's an availability with guns problem in this country. I'm not talking about the stores. I'm not talking about waiting periods or anything. I'm talking about in your home that there's an availability issue, obviously, as this many guns are making it into hallways. Now, I believe that the student that this happened with yesterday, no longer a student at the school and bought this gun legally on his own as an 18-year-old. Is that right? As far as I know, yes, that is the case of what happened okay, yesterday. Okay, I had not heard that. But, 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 there are plenty... I think my point stands. Yes, I was going to say, that doesn't, one counterexample doesn't necessarily deflate that point. Um, so he was no the, longer a student and then just went back to the school. Went back was a former student. I think he had been expelled previously or something something of that nature. I had heard problem child. I had heard that there were students who have said pretty much all year like, hey, look, there's something going on here. We should be aware of this. There were some, there were some um, uh, he had been disciplined by the school before. Correct. Um, I, I feel like a part of the problem is, is we all very much get into this conversation and one side will start screaming responsible gun owners, responsible gun owners. There's obviously irresponsible gun owners out there. Yeah. I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody can deny that, Can't when, argue we, that. when we live in the culture that we live in right now. Irresponsible alcohol users. So, so I guess at this point, it's like, okay, well, responsible gun owners, I'm not trying to come for you, but how do we solve this irresponsible gun owner problem? And I think that's where everybody's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. So we keep yelling at each other about the things that we do know, that I'm a responsible gun owner. I teach my kids. My kids didn't teach, shoot anybody. Okay? I'm not saying your kids did. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're not. I think that starts at the top. This was my, always my point. I think it's, I, I think this issue and I'm getting a little sidetracked here, but I think this, this I really do think that this, that this is important. So important, I can't say it. I, uh, but I really think this starts at the top and comes down. And when you force two opinions down on the public through the media of television and politics and this and that, and you allow no other points of thought inside there, no nuance, because even on both sides, by the way, if you've noticed, if you've been listening, I've been taking a lot of issue with the left side of politics recently because they've been losing their damn minds, okay? There is this thing that happens now where if you don't believe every single thing that that party believes, that half the party wants you thrown out of the party, that you're not Democrat enough, you're not conservative enough, you're not liberal enough, it's, that's crazy, that's insane. But this system of two ideas and no other ideas should be had is ruining this country. Has been ruining this country. Uh, yes, and it just seems like there's less, like I said in the, in the last break, there's less and less things we can agree on. Even the things that make sense of like, all right, well, how do we how do we help these situations? How do we how do we prevent less bodies? I mean, okay, we can't decide on whether you should or should not have a gun, but we can. It, people refuse to agree on that. Like, it just feels like the common sense, like at least solutions that we should be able to to, to rally around, uh, get get no attention there. I'm being told, and I would assume that this is true, that in 18 you can buy a rifle in Ohio. And at 21, you could buy a handgun in Ohio, which would make sense. I, again, uh, you know, you're going to want to hunt, you know, deer, bear, whatever it is you're going to hunt. You can use a rifle for that. I'm, I'm okay with staggering the ages there. Um, again, I think if you, but we've seen kid, not maybe, maybe not this Florida situation, but we've seen situations where kids have taken guns from the home. Columbine was one of them and then took them into the school. There's an availability issue in the homes. So some of these people who think that they are responsible gun owners are not. Yeah, obviously there's there's an issue. Some of there. you are not. Um, I uh, I don't know where I stand on that eighteen twenty one. I guess I haven't like thought that out enough. To me, it feels like well, if I'm old enough for a rifle, I should be old enough for anything. But I, I guess I would just have to give that a little bit more in my mind. 
Again, I'm being told that this is a parenting issue, not a gun issue. No, this is my point for the last half hour, is that it is a combination issue. The the fact that we want to make it one or the other thing is why we will never, ever, ever resolve this. Guys, the political parties do this to us. When we start to do it to one another, we've lost. We're supposed to be arguing with them over the fact that they only force two ideas on us, and instead what we're doing is swallowing the pills and getting back and forth at each other. This is a combination of things. Yes, I would agree that parenting seems to have taken a backseat in the last 20 years. Now, I don't know if that's because I got older and I'm like everybody else who wants it to be the way it was when they were growing up, I don't know. But here's what I know. I had two loving parents in my home. Two who raised me perfectly. Mo- nah, that's crazy. Who raised me to the best of their ability. Sorry, I got a little carried away there, all right? But I had two loving parents in the home who looked after me the best they could, cared about me. And most of this shows about the fact of, of, of how I feel about my father and honestly how I felt about my mother, right? They were unable to protect me from the predatory nature of a neighbor. You're going to go to my mom's house and tell her it's my mom's fault? You're going to tell my mom it was the her, that she was a bad parent and that's why somebody else took advantage of me because she didn't do her job? If you feel comfortable doing that, cool. I don't. I don't think my mom's responsible for everything that happens from from the hand of somebody else. And I don't know how I look at the at the women and men who are mourning their children today, crying over their bodies and say, "Well, dude, think about it. Had that kid had parents like you, this would have never happened." It's it's a combination issue. You cannot take anything this complex and make it black or white. This is what I was talking about the other day last week when I was arguing about politics and I was saying, dude, most people don't understand the complexities of a test ban treaty between two nations. So pretending that you do and digesting this news and screaming back and forth at one another about it is not doing us any good. And this is a combination issue that I am a pro-gun person. I would like for you to be able to have home protection. And yes, I think you should be able to go out in the woods and shoot an animal and eat it, I'm all for it. But you cannot tell me that we don't have a tinge of a gun issue here. Yes, we do. Just because there's an we have an alcohol issue in this country with DUIs. There are a million bars on the street corner. Why does admitting that there's a gun issue in this country make people think that we're going to put pull down the gates on every gun store in America? That is, of course, not going to happen. How many people die over DUIs that you can go by? Do people are drinking right now? Twenty to eight in the morning. There's somebody getting hammered right now. Just because we admit that there's problems doesn't mean that we get rid of the source of that problem, that we look for other things to where we don't have to infringe on your freedoms and you can own a weapon, but we can maybe curtail this as much as humanly possible. It is not black and white. And until we stop arguing the most complex issues in this country as black and white issues, we will never, and I mean never, fix a damn thing. Aussie tickets up for grabs right now. We'll take caller 20, 1-800-243-7625 on those. Be right back with more Sansbury Show. You guys hang on. The Stansbury Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 1069. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. I'm being accused of being angry again. And yeah, I am a little angry today. I, I mean, there's serious things going on. I don't think I'm overall as angry as I used to be, but I'm a little angry today. I am. I um, I think we should all be a little angry today. 
Um, it doesn't mean I'm going to misplace my anger and put it somewhere just because that's where somebody else tells me. I mean, dude, the media told me Marilyn Manson was responsible for Columbine. And now they're going to tell me it's the NRA and it's everything else. Dude, the media, dude, I'm not trusting them on where to place the blame. Okay? Like, dude, they told me Marilyn Manson did Columbine. He didn't. Okay? So I'm not going to misplace this anger and put it somewhere where it shouldn't go. But I'm also going to carry it because we should all be a little angry today. We're losing this country. We're losing it. And again, this identity politics and this I'm right, you're wrong. And and, and uh, they, dude, we're raising a nation full of people now. Not even raised. We've raised a nation full of people now that say things like, I don't even want to be friends with people who don't, don't agree with everything I think. Well, that's stupid. You're never going to get any smarter like that, dummy. Way to go. Surround yourself with smart, interested, engaged people who view the world differently than you. You'll get better. You will be better than you were yesterday. And that should be your mission every day. Not be better than your neighbor. Be better than you were yesterday. I don't know how to do it. I'm trying. I don't know. I fall. I fall on that mission every day. But it, 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 it is an attempt. But yeah, I am a little angry today. And I don't know. And, and if you ask me, I, I think 17 dead bodies in a school is enough to be angry about. I um. I, I I agree with you 100%. Um, there's a bit of me, and this happened yesterday as I saw this all happening, is like, man, I want to be angry, and I want to be sad, and I want to be emotional about this, and I want to be like outraged, and I, I, I do. Um, there's a big part of me that I just feel like I, and maybe I feel like I'm speaking for society a little bit here, too. I just feel numb to this. Like I That mean, is true. I mean, we, I mean we, we barely pick our heads up anymore. I, uh, you know, I kind of caught myself choking up a little bit when I was listening to the um, to the reports there. And you, and you heard the, the victim and or not the victim. I'm sorry, but one of the survivors and she was kind of telling her story. And it's just like. I feel like I've she heard, was a victim of an attack. I, I feel I feel like I've heard this so many times, and there's a little bit of me that's like it, they're it, almost interchangeable, it, it, right? And I'm 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 not I'm just trying to be honest with this. Is that like it just feels like a foregone conclusion to me, where it's like, well, this is going to happen again in another ten days, so like, don't bother getting too mad about it. We've talked about this before. There's no use in getting mad about stuff you know is going to happen. I'll take the under, and, and I and I know this is going to happen again, and I know nothing's going to happen of it. So I just feel I mean at times like I, I, I jaded with this, or it's. Like, the only way things get fixed or the only way any issue gets resolved is if both sides give up something they don't want that you don't want to give up i once had a boss in this industry his name's mike kenny he was a legendary programmer right and i was negotiating my contract with wmms at the time and he got the better of me and he knew it and when, the, and when the meeting was over, he shook my hand. He said, congratulations, I just got one of the best radio guys in the market, as cheap as humanly possible. And he said, Stansberry, for future reference, here's what I want you to know. That nothing gets done until people start to say no. Then you have to come back and counter. He's like, you were too agreeable in this entire process. And I've never forgotten that because it hurt me financially. And it can be, you can extract that point and implement it in other areas. That both these sides are going to have to come together and give. I always say this. You have to give to get. You have to give to get. You have to be movable, pliable in your opinions. Otherwise, you are just going to end up, do what you've always done, get what you've always got. I can hear Harold Dean saying it from beyond his grave. Daniel, do what you've always done, get what you've always got. This is what we've always got. This is it. This is what we've always had. So start changing something, both sides, you figure it out. 
It's not just the NRA. Quit falling for the media bad guy. It's not just the NRA. It's not. There are good men and women who are members of the NRA who don't want this to happen in schools. Who don't think that, that, that what is that? Who would argue that, yes, there should be more gun restriction. That, that certain things should be restricted. Don't fall for the media bad guy. Again, they told you Marilyn Manson created the problem at Columbine. Those clowns don't know what the hell they're talking about. They don't. And until we start to realize that this two-party system ultimately creates every single problem we have, it is time to rethink how we, how we elect leaders in this country. It needs a complete and total overhaul. But you're never going to get it, America. You know why? Because it upsets their money train. They don't care about you and I. I've been telling you this for a while. They don't care about you and I. I don't care what party you're involved in. I don't care what stickers they give you for the bumper of your car. They don't care about you. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. I want to thank everybody who has uh, reached out via social media and email and the like and to, uh, to tell us that they've enjoyed our conversations um, this morning and um, some yeah. of our ideas on Parkland and um, some of the other mass shootings we've had in this country. We appreciate it. I worry sometimes that some of my views are, are extreme and are pushing people and may be capable of pushing people away. Now, I, it's my job not to worry about that right. and deliver the best show I possibly can, but it's hard not to sometimes. Yeah, it's a balancing act for us, man. I High think, wire. I think like anything else, you know, it's like, well, should we be your escape from all that? Should we just try to, you know, stick our heads in the sand and just play Motley Crue and then we'll talk about, you know, boners next? And like The answer hey. there is yes, is that you should be both things. You, right. you need to get into it, but then you need to be an escape as well. Um, before we get off this subject, and I know we'll talk about it again at some point, but, oh, yeah. uh, but, but I, I just want to take this time to you know the the first responders that are involved in something like that the teachers that are involved in something like that even like the media members who are involved in something like that you're just going to job that day or you're just going to work that day you're right. going to your job and you don't know what's going to happen and then all of a sudden you're dealing with something like this and this is i mean it's not like this is one day and it's like oh man that was a bad day we're over that i mean those 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 detectives are going to be out there like putting this together Weeks. those media members are going to be like talking to the survivors of this and that takes a toll on people. These teachers, these parents, these the the, the, the faith based community around that school right now. Those people all have to have a one hell of a burden on their plate right now that they're going to have to start dealing with today. And I, I just I thank God this didn't happen somewhere like somewhere here. I, I just I mean I just thank God for us. It's over today. For Florida, it won't be over forever. Right. So yesterday we were talking about the president's proposed plan to send food to the doors of SNAP members versus loading up EBT cards. Right. Okay. And I, I, I had some issues with it. Um, although they do say it's going to save $130 billion over 10 years, which if that math is true, I would like this country to save $130 billion. Now, yes, I know there are other places where we can save the money from, and I would agree we should trim there too. Okay. Um, I believe in people should be able to eat. 
Okay, I think both things can be true there, where you don't want waste and you don't want people starving. Absolutely, this is okay. the this is the richest country in the world, I'm told. And if that's true, um, I know it's the most calorie rich country there is. Yeah, at the end of the day, the calories exist within. There's this country. no arguing there's, that. There's 100 truth in that. We are we are the most calorie rich nation. I'm my, probably the most calorie rich person in in in, the, in this county. All right, and so the food's there. Okay. Um, I know that people take issue with the abuse and like steak and lobsters with your EBT card. Well, here's what I would ask you on that is, A, how much of that is really happening versus the perception of it? I don't know the answer to that. I would guess... I would speculate it's a lot less than people would than people want to say. Yeah. Also, if we give you a certain amount of money a month on your EBT card and you blow through it fast, much like Fantone gets a paycheck today and so do I. If he blows his before Monday, that's on him. That's not on me. That's on him. And if he wants to do it, what do I care? So if I give you an EBT card because you need help and you're irresponsible with it and blow through it, what do I I guess I guess the argument to be made there is that like well if you're going to be irresponsible with it I don't want to help you I mean that's that's you don't deserve the help if you're going to be irresponsible okay. with well, something well everybody listening is irresponsible with their health and so therefore your employer shouldn't have to give you your health insurance you're being irresponsible with it I that's 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 what people will say yeah, okay um, well I just said what I, I said I also think that you know there's going to be people who abuse any system yes that is 100% true um we've 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 tried time and time again not to point at those people as like well they're going to be the ones who set the rules the worst of cops shouldn't be the one who, who dictate how we feel about cops the worst of of muslims isn't sh- shouldn't dictate how we feel about muslims the worst of gun owners shouldn't dictate how we feel about gun owners so i'm not going to let you know food stamp recipients fall into that same trap it's a fair point so a guy named Michael and his wife happened to be listening to the podcast yesterday. And so he emailed me um, a little later in the afternoon yesterday, and he had a couple of points. This is long, little nuance, but I felt like it deserves a little discussion. Was that a little Valentine's Day date listening to the Stansberry show yesterday as a couple? I love it, man. Michael, I hope you got a handy. <laughs> well, listening to the Stansberry show, like, oh, yeah, babe. Honey, they're talking about bananas. Check this out. <laughs> All right. So he says, hey, man, my wife and I were listening to the podcast. Your conversation about Snap really spawned a conversation with us, and I'm curious about your thoughts on a couple of things. You talked multiple times about adding infrastructure of trucks and workers and warehouses and the like. And the point that my wife and I got to was, why is the government not partnering more with the food pantries like the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank, who already have so much experience and infrastructure for helping with this? So this is our image. What if you applied for government assistance? This is Michael's plan. What if you applied for government assistance? You were paired with your local food bank. You had an account with them. Money would go directly into that account, so the food bank itself, and you would be able to make your purchases there. Extra money would be paid to the food bank in order to cover the cost. Then the government programs could focus on auditing families and food banks. And when you say this would be expensive, how much money is wasted buying food at wholesale prices by each individual family? A lot. He's right on that. Aren't you always saying during long haul that food banks always make your dollar go so much further because they know what they're doing? And he's right. We do always make that claim. And they have a lot of buying power. He's right on that. They have buying power. So instead of sending $100 to four different families, give them each $100 to spend in an account at a food bank. Give that food bank $200 to buy the food and an extra 50 to 100 to cover the increased cost. If that's necessary, he says he doesn't know, and nor, nor would I. You've overall fed the same amount of people, but for less money, and you would cut down on people abusing the money because it can be spent at a food bank. I realize it's not just this easy, but what are your thoughts on that idea? I think you have the 
the beginnings of some of some decent solutions here. Yeah, I mean, there's no question about it. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, if this plan does go into effect, the burden on food banks and, and, and distribution sites and stuff like that will increase. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Like, oh, the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank put out a statement yesterday saying, look, this is going to, this this puts a huge, burden was the word they used. Now, now, I mean, like, that's what those things exist for. And I guess you can make the argument of, well, would you be able to handle that burden if we gave you that money, if we funded you, if, 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 if instead of, like, the, like he said, instead of that hundred going out to the family that hundreds going to you and you're giving that food to that family one of the problems i see there is that a part of a part of what i said yesterday is that that is now that money is now being removed from grocers that money is now being removed from you know food distribution into like a few a food pantry site so i feel like i mean don't get me wrong i'm not saying that's enough but there's still a problem there of like well how does how does a grocery store feel about this also, at the end of the day, I'm not sure how different this really is. Essentially, loading up hundred bucks is hundred bucks. Loading up your EBT card is essentially setting you up with an account. Your Michael's solution is Michael. I, I don't think you're necessarily wrong or off base or crazy here, but ultimately, all you're doing is changing the location where people go to get this food. So instead of Walmart, I'm now going to the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. Yeah, and I don't know why that would. I don't know what that would do. To lessen the burden of this. At, at that point, at that point, well, I guess it's because you can get a better deal on food than you at, at the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank than you can at Walmart. You know what I'm saying? I guess. I mean, that's you know. I mean, yes, yes, yes. yes but they, I mean, they have box cake and that kind of stuff too, right? I don't know. Yeah, I, don't. I mean, they go. I mean, they're very heavily. Obviously, they, they deal with donations, so it's not like. Yeah, they're. Know. I mean, a lot of what they're getting is what people are, are willing to give up out of their pantry. And so, then, but what they'll also do is they can buy stuff at a much bigger on a much bigger scale. So, like, they can buy you know chips from Snyder's and only pay twenty five cents a bag, where you would have to pay you know because they buy a hundred seventy five cents, or they have that deal with the right. You know, they have they have stuff like that. So, I, dude, I, I don't think that's a terrible idea at all. It's just you know there's. With if it's going to come some more issue. I take issue with this. It needs to be healthy food thing. I do. I take issue with it. I'm sorry, dude. But like for a nation of people that can't stop eating to, to look at people who don't have enough money to eat and then depict what they should have to eat. It feels very. I'm the king. Do what I say. Um, well, I, I definitely think that these boxes of food that get sent out, there is something inherently like big government to me where it's like, hey, we're telling you this is what you're eating. So like, I, 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 I get that. I also think you have to remember that like a lot of people in situations like this don't necessarily have like the ability to cook food like you and I, where it's like, yeah, you can send me a box of spaghetti and dude, I'll boil it up, throw some, you know, mid sauce on there and there it goes. But if you don't have a kitchen, you know what I'm saying? If you don't have a stove, like what, what good is a box of spaghetti doing for? me not i mean if you can't cook it nothing right i mean like literally i ain't doing nothing for me if you can't cook it nothing um i just it seems very i get it that that the abuse of power or the abuse of program lends you to steak and lobster right but i just as a guy who can't control what he eats wastes money on food throws food out of his refrigerator away Every single month for me to tell us to a struggling mother. No, don't you dare give your kid a ho-ho because you need my help. So give him an apple instead. You guys, you got to understand that a lot of what eating healthy comes from, like most other fixes of problems, it starts with education. 
It starts with being aware. And obviously, dude, the more money you have, the choosier you can be over what you buy. Sometimes, dude, these people are spending money on things because calories are are vast and they can kind of go, you know what I mean? And I said this yesterday, like, I think people forget what it's like to be five years old, man. That Twinkie's like the best part of your whole goddamn day. And what, I'm not supposed to give a kid a Twinkie? Because their mom lost their job. And again, I said this yesterday, and this is true. I understand why you feel the way you feel. I am one of these people that thinks we need to rework the entire government assistance program. I think there's massive abuse of power here. There's massive people taking advantage. Yes. And sometimes it has forced me to get so angry about that where I lose sight of the fact that there's real people needing real help here. Okay? But... I want you to rethink the way you think on this today because you have no idea at all, none of us do, how close where you work is to closing their doors tomorrow. You think you're going to have this job you have forever. You're not. You will not. And so then are you going to then want – so what's good for the goose, right? I mean, so if that's your take, yes, but I want you to live, if my opinion would be, if that's your take, then you live that way. And if you're not willing to live that way, I don't know why we think telling other people that that should have, that should be what they have to buy. If you get to shove cakes in your kid's pie hole all day and create obesity and and medical problems for this country, if you get to do that, I don't know why this person doesn't get to do that too. I, I just feel like it's just you looking to create power where you don't currently have it. I understand there's abuse. It bothers me like it bothers you. But I think overall we highlight those cases and we don't think about the fact that there are legitimate families in need because of serious issues like downsizing and because of loss of job. Th- this whole thing. It's part of it. It's not just laziness. It's not. It is a factor. Yes, it is not solely responsible for it. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. What's going on, guys? You got Stansberry here. If you feel underappreciated by your employer, well, A, I can relate, but B, I can also point you in the direction of a better job. My friends over at the Wakeham Auto Family are doing their job fair on the 21st from 3 to 7 in the afternoon going down at the Wakeham Ford store. Wakeham has many positions to fill for lot attendants, service technicians, new and used car sales, and even some service managers. If you're looking to work five days a week, good benefits, 401k, be off on most major holidays, be able to to spend some time with your family and still have a great job, then Wakeham is the place for you. Again, check out their job fair. This will be on the 21st at Wakeham Ford from 3 to 7 in the afternoon. Now, here's some things you must know. All right. When you show up at Wakeham on the 21st, that will again, Wakeham Ford, 3 to 7 in the afternoon. Make sure you have your ID with you. Make sure you're able to show them some references of where you've worked before. And you will need, will need a clean driving record for any job posted at Wakeham. You want more info? You can find it online at Wakeham.com, W-A-I-K-E-M.com, or swing by the Wakeham Ford store on the 21st from 3 to 7 in the afternoon for the Wakeham Auto Family's Job Fair. Free show, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9 on F3 We have uh, waded into the deep waters this morning, hit a lot of deep issues. And so we're going to switch it up. Good. We're going to lighten it up just a little bit right now. And uh, I'm going to ask a very intrusive question 
right. of one Mr. Matthew Fantone. All right. Did you get laid last night? I did not have sex last night, dude. Did not. That seems weird for like the the pervs you and your girlfriend are. I know. Like we have a very happy, healthy sex life. Um, it's not you know, it's it's not like it's not like the married couple where it's like, oh well, hey Valentine's Day, maybe you'll get to have sex. Um, we have sex probably two, three, if not more times a week. Um, but I would have bet more on that. Um, and a good week, it's like, dude, we knock it out of the park. You know what I'm saying? And then there's times where it's like, babe, I've got seven different jobs. You've got a job. We've got things going on in our lives. Um, and last night there was, um, what do I want to say? It was a little bit of biology standing in the way right there where it was like, oh, I'm, oh, oh, oh. oh I don't feel like it. And she's, oh. and, and, and I just made her dinner. It's not like we went out and did anything special. I thought you meant your biology. Jeez, no, like, no, no, dude, no, no, you're no, way no, too no. young for that. No, 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 no. She, uh, you know, she was like, hey, it's, you know, it's not exactly the best time for this to happen. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired. Like, we can have sex this weekend. Like, it's not the end of the world. Like, Valentine's Day at the end of the day is just the day. So, you know, we cuddled on the couch for a little bit, and I fell asleep with my head on her lap watching the Olympics there. That was that. They say that 34% of women would rather watch TV than get laid on Valentine's Day. Jeez. Jeez. Dude, 34% would rather just watch TV than get laid. Now, is that just on Valentine's Day or is that... They say on February 14th. Because, like... I feel like there's pressure there, right? Yeah. Like, dude, it's much like your wedding night. Like, everybody... Now, I've never been married, but most of the people I know that are married tell me that, dude, by the time you're on your feet all day, you didn't eat, and, and, like, you've had drinks in your hand all day. all day, yeah. And, dude, that you've smiled so much that your face hurts that when you get back to your hotel room, that most of the time you're like... You just crash. Well, I mean, let's be real about that thought of the honeymoon sex or the, you know, hey, that wedding night sex. You it's probably like, lived together before you got married. That's what I was going to say. I think yeah. that comes from a time when it was like, oh, my God, I get to see my wife naked for We're the going first to the time. Poconos. Right. <laughs> where nowadays it's like, no, we've been banging it out for the past six years. So, like, I'm not that worried about having sex. 34%, man. Um, it does seem like a lot. Now, I guess when, it, when you come to preferred, it's like... Do I feel yesterday like I like I left anything on the table? No, because my my, my relationship we don't have a high priority on Valentine's Day because we both do a really good job of like expressing our love for each other and like our affection for each other at other times of the year. If you're living that you know that sitcom stereotype married relationship we always talk about with the with the guy walking around with his tongue hanging out of his head and the wife he's an idiot know, right? Wife's got you know her vagina locked up and 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 you only get to have sex on your birthday. Then yeah, maybe. Maybe you feel like you left something yesterday if you didn't, but like, I don't know. I think if you're in a healthy relationship, it can go either way. They say here that one of the reasons is because women feel like, and this has happened to me once, is that, dude, you go out, you eat all that food, you feel bloated and fat, and you yeah. know, you don't feel sexy, and you don't feel like, I once, I went on a double date once, and we went to Morton's in downtown Cleveland. Swanky. Yeah. It was this girl, Katie, who okay. I was really into, actually. And um, I took her out to dinner and we went with, you know, her friend and like her boyfriend and the like. And we ate so much. I mean, it was like set. Like, we're going to go to dinner and then we'll go back to my place. We'll have a bunch of stuff. And, dude, we, I mean, I drove all the way home. I lived in Parma then. And I drove all the way home from downtown and got there. And I just, we lay in the bed and I looked at her. I was like, I'm sorry, bro. Like, (laughs) this ain't happening. No, Stansbury unbuckling his pants on the drive home. And Katie's like, I don't know if I can do that. Stansbury's like, no, I'm just fatter now. I just need to give it a little bit of room. Uh, But no, dude, you got the meat sweats. You're sitting there. You you, you know, you've been sucking down prime rib and horseradish sauce all day. And sometimes you don't feel like sexing it up, dude. I get it. So sex columnist Dan Savage 
says what you should do or what you should have done. This would have been last night, but this would be true of most nights you're going to go out, I would imagine, is to have sex first and then go out to dinner. I love the afternoon delight, dude. I do. It's, it's probably my favorite time of it. I, I, I wish more people were like, yeah, man, afternoon sex. That's, that's good stuff. I always say I like morning sex because God does all the heavy lifting. Okay. You know what I mean? You all wake right. up, you're already like ready to go. I like that. I understand why women are like, eh, I feel kind of gross. I just woke up. I, yeah. I understand. I do. I totally get that. But they say here, dude, early, you know, early evening, do a little foreplay, knock it out, then go to dinner. Where I, again, I think that that's going to work against you ultimately in the end. Because doesn't sex kind of wear you out? Even like quick, even like a quickie. Like even if you're like knocking it out inside of five minutes, like you're, there's still part of you that's like, whew. Well, I got to tell you, I'm, gonna, I'm out. I mean, yeah, you're probably going to need, I, I guess you don't want to be like, all right, bang it out and then immediately go out to dinner. You're probably going to need a little recovery time right there. But uh, I, I feel like I feel like afternoon sex or, or maybe early evening sex better because like you're both like awake. Morning sex, you're waking up, your breath smells, you know, you don't necessarily feel sexual. You've been prepared for your day with that afternoon sex, but you're right. You're not going home like bloated after all that. So like, I don't know. I feel like that's pretty good advice. He gets into here about why it works. He says, not only is the sex out of the way, you're no longer thinking about it, but it's going to be easier for you to get a reservation at a restaurant at 9 to 10 o'clock at night versus like 7 or 8 when everybody wants to go out to dinner. He is right about that. Um, he also addresses, Dan Savage does, he's a sex columnist, about uh, men's preoccupation in their mind about not lasting long enough in bed. And so he says, if that's your issue, to, to try KY Duration Spray says it contains lidocaine, okay. and that what's, that's what helps you delay your ejaculation. He says, but to be fair, you cannot use it with a condom. And he says, and to make sure you give your partner a heads up first, which kind of defeats the purpose of using the spray, right? Like, isn't this one of those things that you want to be able to use, do, and not have her know? See, I think a big part of all these conversations that we've had in this is that, like, some of these are appropriate for your relationship, and some of these are appropriate for, like, a first a first date attempt. You know what I'm saying? Yes, on a first date, if you're worried about, you know, climaxing too early, you do not want to know that. But if it's your wife, and she's like, dude, I've been sleeping with you for the past 25 years, and you've been, you know, you've been early, early ejaculating this entire time, I don't think you necessarily have to hide that from her. Oh, I wasn't aware. All right, I've had a misconception on this because I believe in my mind, maybe I'm wrong, but I would imagine that the most times you're dealing with a premature ejaculation type of situation is with a new sex partner. Like once you sleep with the same person, a hundred times and you're having sex enough, like, don't you, I mean, you build a tolerance. I'm sure there are wives right now who are just rolling their eyes at you. Really? You for sure, dude. 100%. Oh, I, uh, dude, maybe I'm different. Maybe I have a, uh, a different biology, but I've noticed that in my life where it's like you'll have sex with somebody like the, the first time you have sex with somebody it's everybody's a little off cuz you're just like you're both nervous does she like this does he want this how does this happen and before you know it things are just kind of crazy unless you're just like hammered after the bar and then nobody realizes anything you're just you know animalistic at that point but like when you start getting deeper into your relationship with that person, you're having enough sex with them 3 4 times a week or whatever that much like drinking you build a tolerance to it right is that not true of everybody? I don't think that's true for everybody. I don't think that's true for everybody. Oh. No. I was unaware of that. I uh I I was completely unaware of that. I thought it was like a I thought it was like a, a 
mostly like a muscle type situation where you build that up. But I, I mean, it's like those condoms. Like they have those where they say, you know, delayed reaction or whatever on the box. It's like, dude, you don't really want those. And, you know, when she goes to grab the condom out of the, out of the side drawer next to the bed, it's like you want to have that, but you don't want her to know that you have to have that. That's one of those things. It's like, dude, you got to buy them in bulk and change the packaging. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you got to do. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. On Rock 106.9. We have can't charge tickets for you. We'll give you those. Yeah. What are you uh, What are you laughing about? So uh, in front of me, I've got all the music beds, like all the, you know, this one's called What's the Difference? It's an Eminem song. Um, right below it is What Makes You Country, which is the new Luke Bryan song. And when I was grabbing it over, I accidentally grabbed the Luke Bryan. We were almost kicking the dust up for a second. Not the worst. Not the worst there. We were almost kicking the dust up right there, so... I know everybody hates them. I kind of like it. It's going to shoot a hole in my argument for 9 o'clock. But Yeah, if you're a musician, I think you're going to hate what I say at 9 o'clock. But you guys are a bunch of pussies, and it's time for one of you to step up. Yeah, we'll do that. Maybe it'll be Luke Bryan. (laughs) I doubt it. (laughs) Okay. I I doubt it. Brown's offensive coordinator, Todd Haley, spoke with the media. And people are loving what he's saying, and I don't get this. Because he said what you should say. He said what you have to say. They asked him about the kind of quarterback he wants. Says, I, I don't know why anybody thinks he would say anything but this statement. He wants a highly competitive quarterback who shows he has mental toughness. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. He says he wants to focus on developing players. He says many rookie quarterbacks have never called a play in the huddle at the high school and college level. That's a little true. He says he doesn't favor the run or pass more. He decides his play calling based on whichever option gives the Browns the best chance to win in that particular game. He did note teams in the AFC North have have to have a strong running game. Sites playing in Cleveland, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, weather conditions late in the year are going to be crucial. Wow. Um... But people were like, see, and it's like, I like, fine, I'm fine with Todd Haley. I was worried because of the bar fighting. Seems like weird decision making for a grown man in such a professional business like that. Like, dude, if you guys found out, dude, I here's what I'm going to tell you. If I get in a bar fight tonight, I'm probably getting fired. Like, I'm probably getting fired from my job. And so I don't understand why the standard of, a, of, a, of some morning idiot at Rock 106.9 is going to be higher than it is for an offensive coordinator in the NFL. That I, I don't get, but, but whatever. But he does seem to be a halfway decent offensive coordinator. Now, I know he and Big Ben did not get along. Um, but Ben has had problems with, I mean, dude, he doesn't really like Tomlin either. There's, there's a bunch of issues there. So maybe it's Ben. It might be Ben. I think a part of the problem is here with the Browns and the reaction to what Todd Haley said is that the Browns at this point, Browns fan base has, we've, we've become numb to saying the right things because it's like, well, dude, yeah. I mean, uh, all these dudes have said the right things. Johnny Manziel said the right things for a while. So why am I buying into this now? Now that's not necessarily his fault. That's not Todd Haley's fault that everyone else screwed you over. But like, it's very much at this point, you can say that bro, but prove it. And, 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 you got to show it to me. The problem is, dude, is that these a lot of times these statements are cultivated by a PR department and then regurgitated by the coach. And so it's like, what did you think they were going to say? That's why, like, dude, a lot of times to do these interviews, it's like, why are we doing this? 
None of these people are going to give you any reality, and when they do, we crucify them for being too real. Here's the other thing. Like I'm looking at, I looked at the like the the NFL Combine rundown right this morning. I looked at the schedule of it. Got to be kind of soon, right? Somewhat soon, right? You'll have to forgive me. I don't have the ex- I don't remember the exact dates, but it was like the second day or whatever is when all the quarterbacks are going to be there. And then they say in the follow up, yeah, but none of the quarterbacks are probably going to work out. They'll all work out later in their pro day. It's like, well, then what the hell are we doing this for? What are we still having the combine for? February twenty seventh is when the uh, when the combine is that opens when it starts. Up, Indianapolis, so. I believe, is where they do that, right? But it's like, if none of the quarterbacks are going to throw or work out, they're like, well, you can interview them. Okay, well, great. We interviewed Johnny Manziel again. People can say whatever they want to say. It's do you know how to handle the interview process? Like maybe John Dorsey has a better understanding of that than previous, you know, leadership here for the Browns, and I would think it would be almost impossible to have any worse understanding of how to do it than anybody else we've had previously. But it's just like they we get caught up in this stuff. But it's like, dude, these quarterbacks that don't throw at the combine, I don't get it. I don't get it. So now we give you a pro day where it's like you get your wide receivers, you get your coaches, and we set up the environment to where you can't fail. I need to see you at the combine with receivers that you're not perfectly in sync with to see what your ability is. Dude, these kids are so soft these days. Get out there and work out. You're go. You're you're applying for a transformative position, meaning, dude, generational wealth is going to be bestowed upon you, and you can't be bothered to throw me a twenty yard out. I gotta tell you, dude, I take all of them and throw them all away. Like, dude, what a bunch of bums. Get out there and work out. No, it's got to be my pro day. Got to be perfectly conditioned. Otherwise, I'm not. Well, dude, that's not the way football works. You have to play in every stadium there is. I mean, I guess these guys are all going to get jobs, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, but like that's, we're allowing but, them to. But again, yeah, but that's that's who I'm taking issue with. I'm not taking issue with Sam Darnold. Use the system for sure. Do it. I would do. But the people who create this system demand more out of these schmucks. Demand more. Maybe then we won't have a thousand first round busts demand more you're giving these kids 20 million dollars you tell their ass you get on that field and you show me what you have or you're not coming here we got to stop this this placating this because this is what leads to this entitled attitude that these athletes have that and well again the generational wealth that leads to a lot of it but dude this we're not going to work out at the combine that's ridiculous Imagine if when my boss called me and said, hey, man, we're interested about putting you on the air at Rock 106.9, but you got to come down here for the interview. And I was like, nah, bro, you come up to my house and do it. What was going to happen then? It's ridiculous. Get your ass out there on the field. Show people what you got. All right. There is something missing, drastically missing in the music scene and it's surrounding the rock scene in particular. It's just non-existent. And I can't for the life of me figure out why. We're going to look into it next on Rock 106. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 1069. Online for you at WRQK.com. Still have some charge tickets. We'll pass those out before the end of the program. We also have a gift certificate for Raising Canes. We'll do that as well. Phantom will be there on the 23rd from 2 to 4 in the afternoon. Indeed. I'm pumped, man. I uh, I love that. I uh, I've never had it, and I, I'm excited, man. It's good. Their cane sauce is really delicious. It's good. I believe they're opening on the 20th, but you'll be there on the 23rd from two to four. I'll be there on the 23rd. 
Uh, I know they're going to be giving away a ton of stuff, too. I mean, we'll have gift cards and things to give away. I believe we're going to have some Kid Rock tickets to, uh, you know, make it rain with there. Uh, but I know Raising Cane's going to be hooking it up. Man, I just can't wait. Those chicken tenders, those Pringle Cup fries. Give me that coleslaw. Give me all that. The sauce is so good. Can't wait. Yeah, you're going to be a fan. I'm, uh, I'm going to be there on the 20th. Three days before you, I'll be there opening. <laughs> I'll be there opening day. So there's something missing from the musical scene right now, and it hit me yesterday. And I was like, I can't believe we don't have this right now. And if we do, and I'm unaware, then maybe somebody can, you know, hit me with it, and, and you know what I mean. And then I'll enjoy it. But we are in one of the most politically divided times we've ever had. Well, since the, you know, since the beginning of the the Obama administration, when we hadn't been that polarized since the Civil War, Um, but we are pretty polarized and we've been heading in that direction for a while. And we were pretty polarized in the 90s and the political landscape was not great. And um, and again, this band rose to power during the Clinton administration because they had issues with what Bill Clinton was doing. We look back on the Clinton administration with revisionist history. Like, we really do. Like, oh, well, he's not Donald Trump, so that must have been, that was a, that was a pretty good presidency. When you really break down what was happening to while that guy was in office, it was an abomination. Like, it's pretty bad. Like, because nobody's able to do this well. That's what I'm always telling you. Nobody's able to really do this well. It's just one of those things. There's too many problems, too many issues. You're going to fall down on the job somewhere. It's just going to be the way it is. All right? But I feel like Bill gets a a real big pass on some pretty serious issues that, like, honestly negatively affected this country. Just totally gets a pass on it, which is crazy. But there is, we are very divided, and there are serious issues at play here. And where is my rage against the machine? Where are they? What your musicians right now are missing a massive opportunity to be this voice, to be this thing. Now, I would imagine that part of it is part of what I'm always telling you, which is angst is no longer considered cool. That you look out of control. But revolution is out of control. Oppressing the man, like speaking out against the man, that is out of control. Where is this right now? And I would have to imagine it's got a face mask on and spray painting sayings on the side of buildings calling itself Antifa versus doing this. Where, Where is this band? If all we're left with is Imagine Dragons, we're screwed. It's over. Game's been fought fine. They're fine enough. Don't get me wrong. There's a place. And so when I posted this yesterday on Facebook, people were like, well, I like Five Finger Death Punch. You're allowed to like Five Finger Death Punch. So do I. But they make soundtracks for energy drinks where Rage Against the Machine made songs about real things. Now, there is a place for Five Finger Death Punch. Much like I always make the argument, there's a place for Nickelback. But given the political culture that we have right now, where is this underbelly rage, freak out, you're not listening to me, music. Where is it? Because I got rappers out there. Dude, rap went from F the police to whatever the hell Drake's doing now. And rock, in in, in the sense, kind of went from Rage Against the Machine to, I don't know, I don't even know who's popular now because honestly, most of them aren't good enough to even garner an audience. Aren't people always saying like... 
just stick in your lane. Just stay in your lane. Like, stick to making movies. Stick to playing sports. Do you think that's, that's I, kind of translated to, like, well, just stick to playing music. I don't want your politics to be a part of this. I think people misunderstand how much politics has been in music since the beginning of time. I think that's one of those things, and I think it's a very different thing that, yes, when I turn on SportsCenter, just give me the highlights and just tell me about the sports. I don't necessarily need your dialogue on what's happening. But from an artist, that I kind of want this. Do movies fall into that art, too? Yeah, do politics, you know, politics have been in movies forever. Okay. I think most people, dude, if they really wanted to sit down with their top ten list of movies, and I went through them, and I said, well, dude, what about the message in this, and what about the message in this, they would be woken to the fact of, oh. I just think a lot of people have that mindset right now of, like, keep your politics out of it, and that's why it probably makes it a less appealing thing to do, where it's like... You know, like you said, I mean, angst is kind of out. You it know, is out. Being, that is true. Being, being political is kind of out because it's like, well, if I want to sell as many records as I possibly can, I don't want to offend anybody. And if I if I start talking about how bad the Trump presidency is, or I start talking about you know being anti-capitalism like Rage Against the Machine does, people are going to tell me to shut up and stay in my lane. It maybe, but I think the same people who will tell you things like that are huge Rage Against the Machine fans. So I think if you're good, you rise to the top. Well, and that's definitely something to be said about you it. You have to be good. You have to be good, and Rage was a very good band. Um, and a lot of the most influential political bands that they had that to back themselves up with. Um, are they the most political band ever? Um, I don't know. I mean, like uh, more Jefferson than, Starship or whatever. Well, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and how do you how do I gauge of like, well, who's more political? You know, Rage or, or System of a Down or NWA or who? You know, U two was pretty political, right? I mean, they've all She's massively political. They, they've all got their you know their their claim to the throne. I guess. Um, I just don't know. I feel like if if Rage Against the Machine were to come out today. And, I mean, just straight anti-American, so many people are going to be like, you hate our country, you're a communist, and, I mean, Tom Morello proudly says he is, but, like, oh, get out of here, like, if you don't love it, leave it. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I, I mean, I guess a, a, a brown lead singer taking issue with that, that may be an issue, but listen to this, weapons not food, not homes not shoes, not need just feed, the war cannibal animal, I walk to the corner to the rubble that used to be a library, line up to the mine cemetery now, what we don't know keeps the contracts alive and moving, they don't gotta burn books, they just remove them, while arms warehouses fill as quick as the cells, rally around the family with a pocket full of shells, where's that band now, where are you? Quit hiding behind this Antifa sissy thing and do this. Be the voice. Be it. There's never been a more important time to be engaged, intelligent, and use your art form for the for the mass for the masses. There's never been a more important time for that. But what are you doing? Everything's so sissified and watered down and pre-processed and just like non-offensive for anything. Dude, there's never been a more time to make something loud, aggressive, that is in your face and will offend people. There's never been a more important time for that. Where is that? You know where it is? It's in Gibson going broke because they can't sell guitars because nobody wants to play instruments anymore because we'll just fine-tune it on, you know, iTunes. That's where it is. You know where you know where part of you know why part of it part of this is happening? We took music out of schools. That's part of it. It's definitely an issue with it. Musicians are missing a huge opportunity here. 
I understand what Fantone's saying. He's not wrong. That there's going to be a huge portion of people that tell you just to shut up. Yeah, it's I mean, going to happen. I mean, dude, put on a Che Guerrero shirt and go out there and say, "Hey, we're we're coming, we're coming for American capitalism, like Rage Against the Machine did," and see how people react to that. I'm being told. I guess you haven't heard of Prophets of Rage. No, as a matter of fact, I worked one of the three shows that that band performed all year. I also they also sent me the CD and it was bad. Like it was not good. It was not good. Now it's half of Rage Against the Machine, but I think if you take Zach Delarocha out of that band, it's it's. I mean, it's it's obvious. I mean, I'm sure he and Tom came together and wrote a lot of that. But dude, you cannot argue that a lot of Zach was coming through that. But we're missing this opportunity, and I just can't believe it. And it's not like I'm not going to call it egregious or anything like that. It's more just a surprise. We're normally unrest, and these kinds of things create this kind of art. But it's not doing it right now, and I'm worried about that. I'm worried about what it says about you, me, and everybody else. What does it say? And I have always thought rage was a very interesting look into the human being. Because they do sing about things that are ultimately a little anti-American. And yet, very hard, die-hard, Confederate flag-carrying dudes love this band. I mean, not subtle about it either. They're in your face about their communism. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, it, this is this is at its core, like, anti-American. Like, See, and Chris brings up a great point. He said, bands like Rage don't get... Don't give a damn about what people think. The message was more important to them. And Chris, I'll expand on your point because you're absolutely 100% right. Is that that's what made them so big. Was not being concerned about, well, what's the public going to say? They did it because it was a passion project. It came from inside. It wasn't prepackaged. Now, dude, there's plenty of room for prepackaged, you know, Monster Energy drink wristbands and Ivan Moody manufactured rage. There's plenty of room for that. It's good for the gym, treadmill and all that. I get it. All right. But this is a time where we could really use a real voice. I don't even agree with everything Rage Against the Machine says. As a matter of fact, I probably disagree with most of it. But at the end of the day, it's important to be said. And it was it, it made for a better musical climate. And I just think we're I just think musicians are missing an opportunity. This is a call to arms. Somebody needs to create, and I don't know how to play an instrument. Not well enough to do it. But somebody should be doing this. You should be filling. There's a void, and you could be filling it with substance. And yeah, I'm going to keep leaning on the Imagine Dragons because personally, I'm not that big of a fan. I'm sure my boss would rather I not say that. But as I'm telling other people, they got to stand up and say what needs to be said. I'm going to stand up and say what needs to be said. I'm just, it's not even like, like I said, it's not egregious. I'm not angry. It's not one of those things. I'm just more perplexed as this is what's going on right now and rock that aggression that anger that 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 thing it's not pouring out of some band right now i just find that really surprising you won't believe what mcdonald's has just agreed to we'll give you that and charge tickets next on rock 106.9 your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio radio music awards now Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. What's going on, guys? You got Sansbury here with a really good job opportunity for you. 
one of the best employers in Star County. As a matter of fact, they've been listed in the Canton Repository's Reader's Choice Awards as the best employer four years in a row, and that's the Wakeham Auto Family. If you're thinking about a new career move, maybe you're just in between jobs. The Wakeham Auto Family will be hosting their very own job fair. It will be on the 21st of this month at Wakeham Ford. This will be going down from 3 to 7 in the afternoon, again on the 21st at Wakeham Ford. Now, when you show up, make sure you have an ID with you. Be able to show a couple of references, you know, via like resume and that kind of thing. And you must have a clean driving record for any job posted with the Wakeham Auto Family. Right now, they have many positions to fill for both new and used car sales, lot attendants, mechanics, and also some service managers. Wakeham offers you a five-day work week and you're off on all major holidays. You need more info, it can be found online at their website, which is Wakeham.com. But that job fair is on the 21st of this month at Wakeham Ford from 3 to 7 in the afternoon. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. I'm going to tell you about what McDonald's is changing in their menu here in a minute, but I do want to address something that happens that's one of my least favorite things that happens these days. And we've been doing a lot of that today is talking about, you know, deep issues, problems. And... We obviously handled the Parkland, Florida situation, mm-hmm. tragedy, talked about it multiple times this morning, uh, expressed our feelings on it. And I posted at Facebook some information on the story, and there were some videos and, and the like, and I always feel like such a slimy, sleazeball creep when I do that. Like, But it's just the way the business works now. Like, If you don't do it, you, you are missing out. But it makes me feel like a total sleazeball. Like, I just hate it. Um, and honestly, I, I'm a little envious of broadcasters who don't have that inside, who can just kind of like willy nilly do all that kind of stuff just for the, you know, the gratification of ratings and, and their bottom line. I wish I was more like that, to be honest with you. I'd probably have more money. Um, but I just, I don't know. I always feel like a, such a sleaze. But in the comment section now of that post, it's for some reason it's important for people to point out to me the political affiliation of this 18 year old who shot these people and it's all based around this t-shirt this kid's wearing and guys wait here here's what I'll tell you like most people at 18 years old even if you have a political opinion it's not all that refined um, maybe more now than ever before I, I would I would grant you that maybe maybe that's maybe that's the way that is. But I can tell you from my experience that my political view at 18 does not mirror my political view of me as I sit today. As a matter of fact, my political view of five years ago probably doesn't mirror what my political view is today. It's not a sign of weakness to go back and forth on issues. It's a sign of that you're willing to hear other people out and change your view, that you're not just heels dug in and unmovable. But I don't think it it matters to me. What 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 the affiliation of this kid is, even even if it is, and I would doubt that it's a real affiliation. I understand that. I don't get it. As as you know, investigators of crimes like this, it's like, hey, it's important that we understand what this person's going through. But I, Matthew Fantone, John Q. Public, private citizen in Canton, Ohio, I don't care what this kid was all about. I don't. like, And I'm not trying to say, like, oh, we can never say his name, we can never talk about him. But like, it doesn't make a difference to me who he voted for. It doesn't make a difference to me what music he listened to. At the end of the day, that's all very... I don't, and I stick my head 
or in the sand about stuff like this. When something like this happens, it's just like I don't want to deal with it. Therefore, I, I I I won't pay attention to it. But people who are like getting off on spreading this kid's story or like you know spinning spinning these actions in to fit their political narrative, like it, it, it makes me sick. Like it really does. Like what's wrong with you? Yeah, there's something wrong with you. Where it's like. Again, and, and I'm going to give you the quote. Look, just another commie Democrat, and, and like he posted a photo of this thing. And again, it's fine that you feel that way. Okay, it is perfectly acceptable for you to feel that way. I don't know why you feel. I guess that would be my question for you: is why do you feel like you have to push that out today? And, and now, do you take ownership of everyone who's worn a MAGA hat that shot somebody? You know what I'm saying? Like, if if we're gonna start assigning this, where it's like, well, no, you're now responsible. So are Stansberry and I responsible for everything that our listening audience does? No. Of course we're not. No. Of course we're not. And I, 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 that, that's so. And I, like you said, well, now this guy's saying if this was guy was wearing a Trump hat, I'm not looking at every Trump voter. Like, see what you guys did? See what Do you see what you did right there? Because you didn't do that. And the, the other thing, the bigger point, I think, is that when you do that, you're making the claim, essentially, that, the, that your side of the aisle couldn't be responsible for stuff like this, which we know is not true. We know. There's enough gun violence in this country to where it's from both sides of the political aisle. Right. I mean, this kid was involved in junior ROTC. Now, are we going to put that on everybody that's ever been involved in ROTC? No, of course of not. Of course we're not going to. I, I, and again, I, I've been saying it all morning about this particular issue. This is a byproduct of the constant push of the two-party system. If you ask me, not that I know, not that I'm an expert, not even that I'm 100% correct about what I feel, but if you ask me that the push of the two-party system is responsible at the end of the road for most of what we fight about and most of what is wrong. I don't think you can look at an entire group of people and say, it's all you. Divorce doesn't happen because of one person. Now, it, yes, can there be cases? Well, my divorce did, my wife cheated on me. Right, okay, well then fine. Right, that was the actions of a person, You then you got divorced. What a therapist would tell you what 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 a what a what a marriage counselor would tell you is is that yes your wife should have not stepped out of your marriage and cheated on you however you played a role in what led to that cheating doesn't make it right doesn't excuse it doesn't mean it was the right thing to do but you did play a role in it so at the end of the day it's not just the actions of one person that maybe they were seeking out intimacy and connection that they weren't getting somewhere else. Again, manifested itself wrong, action was wrong, but yet there was still a role that you played in that. At the end of the day, every interaction we have, every conversation we have, every like debate that we have, it, it's it's no longer about convincing people. It's about dominating people. It's about, you know, I'm right, you're wrong. It's not about, hey, look at things from my perspective. It's that your perspective is so askew, you don't you you don't have the ability to do that. And like if you like, if you if you think that that's going to lead anywhere productive, I think you're sorely mistaken. Just in the sense of like, why why would anybody get off their mountain now? You know what I'm saying? Like now that we're in this tribalized versions of ourselves, right. where it's like, all right, I'm in a mountain peak and you're at a mountain peak, and that's we're screaming what it is, at too. each other. Why would I step off of it when 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 stepping off of it is is is, is, is it's an abyss? Like there's no there's no ability there because as soon as I step towards you, you're going to hit me. Like so, why why am I getting off my mountain? I I always say that the middle is where everything gets done. It, it's where everything gets done. I, 
I don't want to be caught in the, well, if we're just moderate about everything and we never really take a stance and we're always just right in the middle, we're tepid, we're lukewarm. Moderate doesn't mean not taking a stance. Moderate means you're, a, you're able to find a stance out of both issues and find the commonalities of where things can come together. Moderate does not mean not taking a stance at all. So I will get caught up in that. I will absolutely get caught up in being a moderate. Moderate means I'm not willing to go to the extreme on either sides of this because you're both effing nuts, which of course is the real reality. So here's what McDonald's is doing. They are going to get rid of, they say, the cheeseburger in the new Happy Meals. They're going to make a healthy push. I'll read this from Reuters for you. They're removing cheeseburgers from U.S. Happy Meals menus, and they're going to shrink the French fry serving in the Mighty Meal as part of a global plan to cut calories and make its food more friendly and healthy for children. The changes were announced yesterday. comes from the biggest fast food chain in the world, they say, McDonald's, which I have no problem believing. right? And uh, they uh, reached out to some consultants. And they say that the Happy Meal is roughly uh, about 15% of the U.S. sales. By 2022, so not that long, McDonald's aims to have at least half of the Happy Meals listed on its drive through restaurant and digital menus around the world contain 600 calories or less. 10% of calories from saturated fat, 650 milligrams of sodium, Jesus. and 10% of calories from added sugar. How many calories are a Happy Meal right now, dude? I, oh, mean, I don't talking, even know. It's like 800, 1,000 calories in a, in a kid's meal? That's, that's Dude, I, like, even like 600 seems like a lot to me. Like Now, I'm a, I'm a grown person, right? So maybe so it, the size thing really isn't for me. But when you think about the fact of what the size of one of those cheeseburgers is... I mean, if I mean, like, think about like, all right. So adults are supposed to have two thousand five hundred calories in that general area of like, all depending right, on two, yeah. two and three thousand. Like, if a Happy Meal for a six year old, a six year old has it isn't supposed to be sucking down two thousand calories. No, probably half because you're half of the size, I, dude. Yeah, the fact that six hundred is the goal seems a little bit like, man, what yeah, are they that- now? They say currently 28% of Happy Meal combinations offered on menu boards in 20 of McDonald's major markets meet the new criteria. In June of 2018, McDonald's USA will hit the new calorie sugar and fat goals and be 78% compliant on the sodium. These, I mean, here's what I'll give business, man. They've heard the cry, they've heard the outcries of, of people. They've heard the concerns of their consumers, and they are trying to adjust as best as humanly possible. You got to give them a little bit of credit there. And if you're a parent whose kid is constantly screaming from the backseat about how they want this stuff, they're at least trying to meet you halfway. Got to give them, you know, a little hats off to them there. We'll close out the program, give you these charge tickets next on Rock 106. Uh, 106.9. Show on Rock 106.9. All your favorite music, all your favorite stations can be found on iHeartRadio. If you don't have that app downloaded, you should do that. You can also find a 24-7 Sansbury Show channel on iHeartRadio. You can also thumb songs up or down, and then we will start to customize that station for you. So, like, if you're a Rage Against the Machine fan like I am, like we were talking about a little earlier, you thumb their songs up, we'll start to find you some more stuff that sounds like that. All your favorite music, all your stations, all free on the free iHeartRadio app. Download and open it today. Ding. I uh, I want to see if I can find this because I want to know if this is like a hoax or if this is true. Apparently, kids are putting Drano, tinfoil, and a little water in plastic drink bottles. They're, they cap it, leave it on lawns or in your mailbox. Just waiting for you to pick it up, intending to put it in the rubbish, but you'll never make it. If the bottle is picked up and the bottle is shaken even just a little in about 30 seconds or less, it builds up enough gas, which then explodes with enough force to remove your extremities. 
The liquid that comes out is boiling hot as well. Don't pick up any plastic bottles that may be lying in your yard or in the gutter. Pay attention to this. A plastic bottle with a cap, a little Drano, a little water, and a small piece of foil. Disturb it by moving it and boom. No fingers left and other serious effects to your face, eyes, and etc. Please ensure that everyone may have this so they can stay informed as well. Where's this coming from? I mean, Facebook, but... Okay, so it's not like it's not like a police department is no, saying no, no, like no. this is an issue. No, like a guy named John's like posting this saying that this is happening. I, I, I until until like someone outside of a dude named John, you know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong, I'm sure there's a you know there's a history of this, or maybe this has happened, but I, I don't know. That, that sounds kind of uh, sounds terrifying. Sounds a little flimsy on my on my side. Over I don't here. know. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't have a yard, so I guess, <laughs> I guess I guess maybe I'm going to be okay. So far, you know, the apartment living's not the worst there. <laughs> Not the worst thing in the world there. Fantone's going to be at Raising Cane's. They're opening on the 20th, but he'll be there on the 23rd. That's, uh, what is that, next Friday? Indeed it is. Next Friday. That's a week from tomorrow. He'll be out there for uh, essentially for their grand opening. And we have a gift card for you now. And we're going to end the program by giving you that. Uh, Teresa, however, will send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. Stick around at 11 o'clock. She'll give you your next keyword. But let's hook you up at this Raising Cane's gift card right now. Take caller 20 at 1-800-243-7625 on that. I want to appreciate everybody for sticking through us this morning. I know we handled a lot of like in-depth, serious issues, and um, you know sometimes we're going to do that. I, I, you know what I mean? We try to do a very real show here. Um, but I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody, you know, you know, sitting through our what our opinions are and not getting all like flaming mad at us over what our opinions are. I appreciate it. I feel like, uh, you know, that was well done by both the show and the audience today. So we appreciate that. We'll be back at it again tomorrow at 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great afternoon. See you. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9.